only thing I can say about him, well, there's a lot I can say about him, but right now, he is a good God. Amen. A faithful God. Amen. And uh, as Sister Garrison would always say, he never fails. Jesus never fails. Thankful for him. His, his promises, his promises are sure. Paul went so far as saying that they are yea and not nay. That's, that's the God we serve. The only one that when he says something, he does it. <laughs> Praise God. His promises never fail. But it's good to be back here. We're back here. and uh, Just a little update on my mother. Keep praying for her. I you know? uh, was able to spend time with her, minister to her, read the word of God, talk to her pray with her. Uh, one thing uh, that's happened with her, of course she's recovering. Her strength is building up. Her, uh, her, her ability, her appetite is back. And that's something that uh, they were concerned about when they were, when she was down there in, in uh, Sioux City. It was her appetite, her loss of appetite. But she's eating okay. Uh, the other night she had a rough night only because the oxygen that they had on her was set too high and it was bothering her. So she was a little restless when they figured that out and they got everything taken care of. She, she was resting better. Uh, she still hasn't, hasn't, uh, doesn't have her voice back yet. And that's one thing I've been praying for. And, I, and I, she's trying to respond to us when we talk, but I told her, I said, Mom, just, you know, just let your body rest, heal up. She, cause she get frustrated when she can't talk. But I said, uh, let, let your body rest and get strong. I said, you'll be able to speak again. But she's been trying. When we were praying, she was trying to say hallelujah and praise the Lord and all that. But it was faint and it was, you know, she was trying to do the best. I said, but pray for her that God would restore her because that's one thing that I know she would probably like to tell us what we need to do for her and everything, but her voice is not there. So pray for her that God would give her her not just her strength back and everything but her voice but she she uh, is doing okay so thank God I mean I tell you what God is a miracle working Amen. and uh, thank God for that but like I said we're, she's in God's hands so praise the Lord and whoever else uh, pray for sister Deborah Sixtos uh, they were in Chamberlain last evening and uh, she was almost coming to the point where it looked like she was going to go into the seizures and ask for prayer. So we prayed for her, and I don't know, I haven't heard anything since. I hope, hopefully she's doing okay. Uh, amen. And all the others that are not here, that are absent, uh, for whatever reason, God knows. Let's pray for them. I know some of them aren't here because they're sick. I got some texts this morning, but praise the Lord. Let's just keep them in your prayers. There's so many, so many needs. Amen. And we are going to have two services today. I don't know how many texts I got. Are we only having one service? Are we having no, no, no. We're having two services. Uh, the other thing is pray for Brother Chuck so that, uh, of course, he talked to the Board of People Customs and they said he can come over. And he said, but I just don't want no problems with him. He said, some of them are always in their moods. So I said, just pray that our crossing the border will go smoothly. They're coming down tomorrow. Brother Craig will be on his way back tomorrow. Of course, he's got to stop in Texas before he comes up this way. So pray for their traveling. God give them a safe journey. 
And uh, like I announced uh, Wednesday evening, Brother Luke Lucky will be coming up here. Uh, we haven't really established a date yet, but tentatively uh, toward the end of this month or sometimes in November. So let's pray God's will. So that we can know more definitely what the, what the, what the dates will be. So if you would all stand with me, and I'd like to ask Brother Dan Edwards to come on up and pray. Lead us in prayer this morning.
the Sunday school classes that going in the other room can be dismissed right now. I don't know. Okay. I don't think that there are going to be any. Huh? Okay, there will be no toddler. God never ceases to amaze me. Everything that He does for us, for you and I. Sometimes, mostly, a lot of times, we don't really see it. Or we never take notice or anything, but He is. He's faithful. One of the things about Him is faithful. Thank God for His faithfulness. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. And uh, we started out last week. Of course, we were talking about what Jesus was saying. And I believe it was John 7 where we started out. If I'm right, is it, am I right? Or is that John 5? Okay, there you go. Search the scriptures in verse number 39. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So we we begin on that particular passage going into word of God and obviously trying to understand what it is as far as he is concerned or everything about him. Interesting, very interesting I, I say and uh, you go you go over into and now we I know we covered this but we're just gonna back step just a little bit here if you don't mind this morning. Uh, in the book of uh, same book of John, Gospel of John in, in chapter one there. And I know I've uh, shared this several times, numerous times, actually. But uh, I felt led to go back there this morning in chapter 1 and uh, mainly verses 1 and verses 14. Verse 14, verse 1, 14. In, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Everybody has a understanding about that passage of scripture. I'm pretty sure everybody in here does. When you read that, you can interpret that. Amen. 
Does everybody know what I'm talking about? You can interpret it because you know what it's all about. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Three little statements are three little short sentences here explaining in the beginning was the word in the beginning was the word word w-o-r-d word and then he says the word was with God the word was with God and the word was God. <clears throat> Obviously some insight here. In the beginning was the Logos. Of course we read the Greek, New Testament's Greek, so Logos. Logos. Everybody say Logos. Logos. Not Logo, Logos. Praise God. There's a little bit of difference. Anybody know what a Logo is? A symbol. It's a symbol. But you know what really changes it from logo to logos? It's one one letter S. Logos. In order to have a logo, you have to have a logos. <laughs> Do you understand that? If I say there goes pastor playing with my mind again. <laughs> It's evident, though, if you go if you go in there and you study it, it's just a, uh, it's just a little difference. It's a subtle difference in the way they use. I was asking somebody the other day about the word "can't." "Can't" is the is the shortened version of "cannot." Somebody in their brilliant mind said, "Well, I don't want to say cannot, so I just want to put a little apostrophe there and." A teacher can't. And then a good English teacher would say, You can't say that. <laughs> That's not proper English. Cannot. Can't. Or ain't. Where did they get ain't from? I was trying to figure that out. It's in the dictionary. Uh, ain't. Am not. No play on words, but where did they get that? Obviously, it's it's uh, what we call slang, and and the combination of words that they take a shortcut to use. Every every language has a slang, of course. And so when we talk about, it, I'm not trying to get you sidetracked, but the word logos, logos. Look it up in your concordance if you have one or your lexicon. If you have a Greek lexicon, look it up. Look it up. Logos. There's two definitions that come from it, that derive from it. Logos. This is what it means. It means a thought or a plan. A thought or a plan. So in the beginning was the Logos was the thought slash plan. And the 
Logos was with God. The thought slash plan was with God. And the Logos thought slash plan was God. So let's, let's establish that. Let's interpret it correctly. God in the beginning, the plan, the thought was God. In the beginning was the thought. In the beginning was the thought. God thought this in the beginning. He, this was his thought. This was his plan. Doesn't really go into a particular time, a particular day, a particular hour, a particular year. It just said in the beginning. Was the thought or plan, and the thought or plan was with God. It was with him, and the thought or plan was God. So how can you separate that? He was obviously in the beginning, way, way, way back, way back. Nobody knows when. Somewhere's back. Of course, he's eternal. He, 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 everything about his nature, his essence, is eternal life. So you can't put a time limit on him. You can't do that. We can't do that. He only does that when he kind of when he comes down to our level. For us to understand, then, because we're, like the Bible says, our days are numbered. We're subject to time. So, but he, you can't put that on him because eternal life, he just goes on and on and on and on. But somewhere way back there, somewhere he was thinking about this. That was his thought. That was his plan. Logos. His thought. His plan. How many of you in here do a little thinking? Uh, yeah, yeah. I should change that. How many of you do, do do some thinking? A lot of thinking, a little thinking. You think about certain things, especially when you're trying to what? Either plan your day, or plan your week, or plan your month, or even plan your year. You think ahead, so you think about these things. You put it to thought, and you go, "Hmm, what am I going to do, or how am I going to do this?" God did the same thing way back in the beginning in eternity. Ooh, that's amazing, isn't it? This thought, this plan came to him. That's what happened. That's what he was saying. What's really interesting is when you go down to verse number 14, it says, and the thought and the plan was made flesh. Did you realize this? Now think about this. Go, go, just think about this. When you read this scripture, that's why I say God is awesome. We sing that song, He is awesome. He, he amazes me. I'm in awe yet of Him. Every day He does that. Every day He does that. I'm in awe of Him. But just think about this. Now pay attention because the Bible says about Jesus, when he created Jesus, when the word became flesh, look, think about this now. For whatever reason, when God planned to create this world, this universe that we live in, everything that pertains to this life and this universe, the inhabitants, everything, all the different life forms, did you realize this? It was all centered around him. (laughs) 
evolutionists got it backwards. <laughs> they like to say it was a big bang and it was an accident. Everything just, and it came out with a little, little piece of mud or matter, and boom. And everything centered around that mud or matter. No, 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 no. Everything in this world was created and centered around God's plan, God's thought, and the, and the word became flesh. That's why the Bible says he had the preeminence. Do you believe that? Yes. Well, well, first of all, let's let's go let's go uh, in, go with me to the Book of Ephesians. We're just trying to take a little uh, in the Book of Ephesians, and in chapter one, you see there in the Book of Ephesians, and and you see there where it says. Uh, Well, look what he says in chapter 1 in verse number 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he had purposed in himself. So obviously this was something that he he came and, and when he when he was doing all this is this is what he, he thought. And and um, uh, he talks about this and, and uh, where's the other passage of scripture uh, I'm speaking about um, where he says uh, well let's let's read it let's read it grace be to you and peace from God our Father from the Lord Jesus Christ blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all heaven, spiritual blessings in heavenly places according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before him in love man this is a well thought out plan having predestinated us according to the adoption of children by jesus christ to himself you see that according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Wherefore, he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in, all, in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in him oh even there right there that's a powerful statement there in whom we also we have obtained inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after look what he says now after the counsel of his own will so god in his mind in his mind, he put this together. In his mind, he obviously discussed it with himself. How many of you ever talked to yourself? <laughs> Crazy people. Sometimes we do it out loud. Oh, I think I'm going to do this today. Oh, really? You engage in a conversation with yourself. There's a lot of self-talkers in here. 
but basically that's what the Lord did. The Lord just he he, he spoke about it. He 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 counted the cost in his mind. He in his spirit he discussed this with himself. This is how I'm going to do it. This is the fashion that I'm going to do it in. This is how it's going to take place. He thought about it. He thought about it. And it became a plan in his mind. It became a plan in his mind. This is what I'm going to do. So we see that. And and you and you go uh, you go into Colossians chapter one, verses number sixteen. And you see, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. You see that? For by him were all things, talking about God, by him were all things created that are in heaven and in earth, uh, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So he had the preeminence. Everything was, everything about Jesus, everything that he did, the Lord did, centered about, about that, that thought or that plan, his creation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh. The Word was made flesh. That thought or plan became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. And pay attention to the wording here, only begotten. Only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we see that. Didn't say the only eternal, the only begotten, born, born. He was begotten. You can't be begotten unless you were conceived and you were born. That's the only way you're going to be begotten. That's a term saying that this, this person was born to that person. This son was born to that person. He was begotten. That's who his father was. So his thought and plan was that there was going to be a day that he was going to come into the world. He was going to come into the world. And, of course, the, Paul alluded to that when he said that in Galatians 4.4. We talked about that last week. When, but when the fullness of time was come, when the time came, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. So this all happened. This was his thought and this was his plan. Made of a woman. Made under the law. It was in place. It was legitimate. It was a legitimate plan. Praise God. Back in the day, uh, Sister Walker and maybe Brother Dan and Sister Dina may remember this, but back in the day, I was told this by my parents and by my grandparents who were telling me about some relatives that that we had, and of course 
the, the man and the woman, they were attracted to one another. Obviously, they they felt, well, I guess they must have loved each other because they they were married. Once they got married, they were married together all their life. They, they didn't have any other person in their life but them. So obviously, they must have really loved each other because they lived their life together until both of them died. But before they were married, uh, they, they were, they were uh, obviously they ended up uh, living together just for a short time and, and the law back then was you could not live with somebody. You had to be married. And I'm trying to refer to, I'm trying to remember what that law was called. But, uh, well, not common law, but they had to be married. They had to be recognized by the law. They had to be married. I'm trying to remember that term, but they, but they said they couldn't live together because that was illegitimate. Wasn't recognized by the church, wasn't recognized by the authorities. Couldn't have an illegitimate marriage. Had to be recognized. So they made them separate until they got married. Wow, that's something. This, and that was back in the 40s, I think it was. Wow. You know why? They didn't want any illegitimacy. And, and you know what? That's where the term, when it talks about children being illegitimate. In other words, their, their, their parents weren't sanctioned or recognized or it wasn't a legal uh, uh, relationship, a binding relationship to where it was, you know, recognized by law. So they were called, always called illegit illegitimate son or illegitimate daughter. Did, did any of you ever know that? I, I don't think you guys have. You guys are all. Now, you guys were born in the last century, weren't you? Not this century, but the last century. But uh, you probably weren't aware of that law, but I didn't know about it until my parents told me about it. I said, oh, really? They were, they were my uncle and my auntie. I said, oh, really? Yep, you had to do that. You couldn't just live together. You had to go to the church, or you had to go to the justice of the peace, and you had to get a marriage license, and you had to get married. Yeah, 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 your blood test. Make sure you weren't marrying your sister or your brother. <laughs> Praise God. Your, 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 your first cousin. Yeah. 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 There was some... There were some uh, technicalities. People don't know that. And uh, my wife and I, when we got married, we had to take our blood test. We had to make sure we weren't related. <laughs> Praise God. Things have changed. Things have changed. Because it talked about when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son <clears throat> made of a woman made under the law. This is God's creation. This world we live in. Remember I said he created everything. Everything that he created that we live, this world we live in was created. It's all centered around him. Jesus Christ. It all centered around him, this world. 
God is a spirit. A spirit hath not flesh and blood, flesh and bones. Jesus said the spirit doesn't have flesh and bones like you see me have. So you couldn't see God. God probably could have just existed in that spiritual dimension. But he would have been the only one of his kind. So he devised a plan. He had a plan. In the beginning was the word, the thought or plan. And the thought or plan was God. And the thought or plan was with God. So all this was in his mind. He, he was thinking about it. This is what I need to do. Man, I tell you what, the wisdom of God. God even upholds his own word. He never will ever break his own So that's why Paul said that when the fullness of time has come, when the time came, when God had to actually, he created this world, but for him to become a part of this world, for him to live in this world, he had to do it. It had to be legal. Amen. Otherwise, if he didn't do it legally, he would have broke his own law. He would have broke his own word. So it had to be legitimate, had to be legal. For him to become a human being, he you know, he could have created a body. Yeah. He could have just went, right. there it is. Yeah. But he didn't do that. You know what he did? He overshadowed the womb of Mary and created that life in her and spoke the word, and there it was, that little that little seed, and it became a fetus. And that life began to grow in Mary's womb. Amen. But he had to use Mary to be able to create that life. So when the fullness of time has come, God sent his son, made for, uh, sent his fourth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. So in order for his birth to be legitimate. Now here's the thing. Makes a difference where you're born, doesn't it? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Some of us were born in different places. I was born in Rosebud, South Dakota. I was born there, so my birth, my birth certificate, you can see my registered birth, the location, where? Rosebud, South Dakota. So I was born in the state of South Dakota. I was born on the Rosebud Reservation. That's where I was born. Legitimate birth into this world. God had to have a legitimate birth into this world. He had to be born somewhere. Of course, I always know he was born in Nazareth. Or Bethlehem, excuse me. He was born in Bethlehem. That's where he was born. He was born into this world. So it was a legitimate birth. He had a human mother and a human father. So he was born into this world. It was a legitimate birth. Otherwise, if he was not born legitimate, guess what? He would not have become a citizen. He wouldn't become, he wouldn't have been recognized as, as that, becoming like, like you and I. We were born, all of us were born. And so here he comes, he's born into this world. He becomes a citizen of this world, his own creation. He came to dwell, and, and, and of course that's what, that, that's what the word says, doesn't it? 
doesn't it say that in John chapter 1? Doesn't when we're reading that scripture, doesn't it say that? Uh, and he dwelt among us, he tabernacled among us, he lived among us. Is that what it says? Okay. And he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, his own received him not. Okay. So he says, uh, he talks about it, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory is only of the only begotten of the Father. So we see that he, he tabernacled among us. He lived in this world among us. He lived. He came into this world legitimate. It was a lawful birth. He was born a human being. Wow. What's that all about? Praise God. Turn to Jonah. It might be the Jonah channel. I don't know. Thank you, Lord. Did you forget to turn off the amplifier? What? When I turned it off, it made more of a noise on the drum amp. And I don't know how to turn that down. Mm. Might be. Yeah, just turn it down. There you go. Solve the problem. Anyway, so what, what I'm talking about is legitimate birth. He was born. He came in here so that he can become a citizen of the world that he created. Woo! Legal birth. He can come in here and he can have claim. He can have claim to this world because he was born a human being. Praise God. He can know what it's like. I mean, there's so many things about this is coming into this world that we need to understand. And the thing about it is now, when we talk about him being born, God became man. We talked about that. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Manifested in the flesh. He became real in the flesh. So that, that birth, that was a result of God who is a spirit becoming a human being. Deity became humanity. Incarnation. Deity became humanity. God came in the form of a human being and he lived. He, he lived in that body for 33 and a half years. He became a man. It was a legal birth. So he could have legal authority. Here's the thing about it. Now, now think, think about this. Because we have been all been born into this world. We know what it's like to live in this world. Where we, before we became born again, this is the, the elements of this world is what we lived in. We had, we had, and we still do have some authority and power in this world because of our birth into this world. Yeah. Uh, so here he comes and he's born into this world. Now he has legal authority and power because he become a human being. But remember this. He even has legal authority and power over the whole universe because he's the creator. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So he, you know, 
He can, he can do what he ever wants. He can impose. He can intervene. He can do whatever he wants in, in any person's life. In this world, he can do whatever he wants. Why? He's the creator and he's the creation. Ooh. But he did it legally. Legally. I was thinking about this and I was thinking about Brother Chuck called me this morning and said, we're heading down tomorrow, so pray for us that they won't give us any. He said, we already called the border, but we just don't want no problems with them. He said, I just don't want messing with anybody with the attitudes. I said, yeah, we'll pray for you. But here's the, here's the unique thing about Brother Chuck. Uh, and uh, he, he, uh, I, I did believe he got, he got his citizenship in Canada, but he's looking for his treaty status so they can recognize him as a, you know, First Nations uh, person up there, he gets his treaty status. He has to prove that he has a descendant that used to live up there in Canada, and he did find that. We had a relative that lived up there in Canada. When Sidibu went up there, their, their family went up there, so now he's got legal claim that he had a relative that lived there, so he could get his treaty status. And he can get all the benefits that accompany that treaty status. So that's what he's trying to do. But here's the thing about Brother Chuck, he has dual citizenship. He's a citizen of Canada. He's a, first and foremost, he's a citizen of the United States. He still has his citizenship, but he's, he's a citizen of Canada. So he has dual citizenship. You know why? Because he's he lived down here, now he's living up there. Are you, are you listening to me? Did you realize that? Pay attention. Because that's what Jesus did. He came down to earth. He came down to earth. He was, he was God when he, he still is, but God is a spirit. And so God became a human being. He put on flesh. And now the creator didn't just, his abode wasn't just, you know what the Bible says? Heavens and the heavens are his, you know, his throne is in the heavens and, and earth is his footstool. You know, that's, that's what his abode, but now he made it possible to where he came into this world. He was born into this world. It was a legitimate birth because of Mary and now he's born into this world. So he wasn't just a citizen of heaven. Now he's a citizen of this world, this earth. So you know what I'm talking about? Okay, so obviously he has dual citizenship. Amen. Are you listening to me? Okay, he has dual citizenship. So he accomplished that through his birth. God became a man. It would be illegal for him, listen to this, to impose, and that's one thing God will not do. If he wanted to, because he's God, he could have imposed his will upon his creation, but he didn't. You know why? He wants us to have the freedom of choice. And he didn't want to do that. So he made it possible for us. He did it. He subjected himself. He submitted himself. He humbled himself as a man, the Bible says. Amen. To fulfill his own will. Wow. How many of you fulfill your own will? Yeah? Hopefully it's, it's good will <laughs> and not bad will. Yeah. I hope you submit yourself to good will and not bad will. Your will. My will, my will is to live for God. That's what I choose. I want to live for God. I lived for the devil for 20 some years of my life, and I tell you what, it wasn't worth it. 
the headache wasn't worth it. Mm -hmm. Everything that came along with living that life wasn't worth it. So I changed my mind. I said, hey, I gotta find something better. I found it, nothing can compare to it. So I submit my life to him. I'm happier, I have more peace. Love, joy, all the things that come, all the benefits that come with it. Outstanding, outstanding, nothing like it. So I'm happy, praise God, living for God, submitting my will to him. But that's what the Lord did. He came and he submitted himself. He became a human being. And that life became real. That eternal life became real. It actually came into the world through him. Wow. Think about that. God had to have access into this world. Think about that now. Because of that birth, he had to have access. And the difference is this. It's a noticeable noticeable difference, a significant difference, because we all know what this life, this world consists of, don't we? Mm -hmm. Can't go too far. You can, if, if, if you want to fulfill your lustful desires, yeah, you can, but the end result is what? Sin, death. We're aging every day. As, it, as every day goes by, we're aging. That's slow death. We go on. That's the, that, that's the extent of it. We're, and that, that's not eternal life. Because of sin, the wages of sin is death. So we're dying. Wake up. You're dying. Yeah. yeah. We're all dead men walking without the Lord. That's right. Are you listening to me? Yeah. If you don't have God in your life, you're a dead man walking. You're a dead woman walking. Because you don't have eternal life. Wake up to the truth. And quit letting the devil lie to you and say that you're okay. You're not okay. You're dying. That's right. So that's why Jesus came into this world. He came into this world for that purpose. So that the Bible says he could taste death for every man. He could taste death. You know why? Because you and I, that, this whole world, that's the direction they're heading in right now. Praise God. So he came. He came. He became a human being. So when he did, guess what? Guess what? What happened? That life was manifested in him. The world, the world, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father. So because he was the only begotten of the Father, guess what? He brought eternal life into this world. Via, via that body that he dwelt in, that he lived in. Woo. You understand that now? Yeah. Pay attention now. Pay attention. Because it makes a big difference how we think. What we let dictate our thoughts. Everything we do, our will, our purpose, makes a diff big difference what yoke you're under. Are you listening? So remember, it's important for you to remember this. Remember this. This is, why, this, this is why I'm expounding on this. This is why I'm teaching it. Because I want you to understand. Because, amen, the majority of the time we think like human beings. Yeah. We do, thing, we do things like human beings. We have the conduct of human beings. Our behavior, our thought patterns. Are you listening to me? Everything you do is, is built upon human nature because that's 
That's what we were born into you. But here's the other part of it. Jesus came into this world to save us from our sins, to save us from this death, to save us from a devil's hell. So he brought eternal life. That is one of the understandings, one of the interpretations about in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Eternal life came in the form of a human being yeah. so that he could touch us. And, and, and that's what the uh, Apostle John said. You can read this. Go with me in, in, in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Look, look what he says. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the, of the word of life. So what's he talking about? The word of life. He's talking about eternal life. That eternal life that was in Jesus Christ. He's talking about that. That was manifested. That's what we seen. That's what we heard. That's what we handled. It was real. Just as real as this world that we live in. Amen. That's what they witnessed. That eternal life. I shared that last week. Man, they were amazed at all these things that were happening because Jesus came into the picture. Things that they've never seen before. Things that they've never heard. Things that they've never witnessed before. I tell you what. A, a miracle. A miracle man. A man that can do things that no other amen, human being could do. Why was that? Because of the eternal life that was manifested in him. That they seen in him. That which we have heard, that which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, which our hands have handled. Oh, man, touching. Can you imagine? We, we get a little dose of it through the Holy Ghost. Yeah. yeah. Woo! Man, could you just imagine if we just totally just let God just bust through our being? Right. Yeah. But you know what happens? This whole thing's right in the way. Only so much. I only go to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, get that little feeling, those little goosebumps. Ooh, man. <laughs> when God says, hey, come on, man, open up the doors. Open up huh? We get a little touch of eternal life. We feel better. We feel that virtue. That heavenly virtue. The other morning, I prayed with my mom. And, you know, her frailty, her body, she's weak. She's, and you know how it was coming off of COVID, everybody. You know that weakness, that frailty. With some of us experiencing you know, no energy. But her body's like that. She's frail. She's weak. So I prayed for her. Man, I was, went in and I said, Lord, I, I can't accept this, Lord. I just can't accept this, Lord. I'm praying for her. I believe I stand on your word. I believe with all my heart. I believe it, God. You're able. You're able. You're able. I put my hand on her in Jesus' name. Guess what I felt? I felt virtue just boom. And my mom must have felt it because she kind of jerked like that. Amen. Amen. Right away, trying to lift her hands. Hallelujah. That wasn't me. That was him. Amen. Amen. But I recognize the life that is in me, which is him. That source of life that I have. 
being a child of God, being born again. We have that. Amen. Some, some of us can't even, we don't comprehend that, what we have in the Holy Ghost, but that's that eternal life. Right. That life that's given to us. And so, you know, he said in verse 2, for the life was manifested. It was made real, a reality. Let me tell you something. God wants to make that eternal life a reality in us. A reality, real, just like the life we lived in sin before. We knew that was real, didn't we? Mm -hmm. But he wants to make eternal life real in us. That's what makes us so different. Can you can you wrap your minds around that? That's what makes us so different. So he says, and we've seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. So man, when Jesus came into a human being bringing in eternal life. God needed a body to come into this world so it can be legitimate. But he needed that body to bring eternal life into this world. So when it happened, guess what? All kinds of crazy things start taking place. Woo! Heaven was on the scene. In heaven, there's no sickness. That's why sickness was being dealt with. Huh? In heaven, there's no, uh, there's no uh, uh, deformities now, anything that, uh, you know, uh, blemishes as far as the physical uh, being is concerned. So guess what happened? He began to wear, heal the blinded eyes and he began to unstop the deaf ears and the withered hands and the, and, the, and the people that were paralyzed. They began to walk again. Why? In heaven there's no such thing because nothing like that exists in eternal life. So that's when, when Jesus came into the world. Guess what? Things began to happen around him. Why? It's because of that life that was manifest in him. Amen. I know it's real. Amen. I know it's real. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. My my birth into the church, my coming into the church, and there I was, a babe in the Lord, and witnessing miracles upon miracles and seeing it happen. And God woke me up, and I thought to myself, man, I know one thing, God's not dead. But you know what? That was eternal life that was manifested. And I and I've seen people healed, healed. I've seen blind people receive their sight. I've seen deaf people hear. I've seen the lame walk again. I've seen a man with a with a shriveled up leg and a, a leg shorter than another and a, a stump for a foot. I've seen that leg grow and I've seen that foot grow. I've seen that man stand up and jump around and give God praise and glory. I've seen so many things happen. I know. I knew. And that's, you know what? The reason why? Because eternal life came in. Amen. And eternal life just touched. Came into our world, our environment. It manifested itself. It manifested itself. Does that make sense to you? Amen. The 
problem with us is we just have a mind block. Or we just choose not to. We're comfortable with living in our carnality, in our flesh. Mmm. Comfortable with that. You have a little knowledge of God. Oh, I go to church. Yep. But you don't want to immerse yourself as we used to say back in the day putting both feet in not straddling the fence but making a decision on what side of the fence you want to be on that's what everybody that's everybody's problem simple and simple make up your minds either you want to live for the devil hey if you want to be, if you if you if you want to go that way, yes. Why don't you confess yourself the truth? You're a child of the devil. If you want to live for the devil, live for the devil. Mm -hmm. But yep. if you want to child, be a child of God, live for God. Amen. Because you're not living for yourself. You think you are, but that's a lie of the devil. That's right. I get tired of wrestling with that. Not in myself, in others, because I feel it. Yeah. It comes up against me. It's a struggle. That's our problem. That's our problem. Lord is just using me to talk to you. Amen. <laughs> He's just using me to talk to you. And uh, we have that right up here. We have that problem right here in our thinking. I know God can move. I know he desires to move. You cannot, only if you let your carnal nature, you can quench the spirit. Mm -hmm. But if you choose to let God have his way, man, can you imagine that source of life that you and I are tapped in. That's why he said, if any man believe in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers, not a river, not a little stream. Rivers of living water. Mini Ota. Or Mini Ota, a lot of water, an abundance of water flowing. Ooh, there's enough Holy Ghost to, to keep you, whatever you're going through right now, there's enough Holy Ghost to get you through it, and then some. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, why are we so downcast? Why do we think the end is here? God is here. If we just can tap into that eternal life, tap into it, God can do something. You know what? When he came into this world, here's what people think. I, I find this, I guess, amazing. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a critic. I don't like to criticize people. That's not my job. I'm not a judge. 
But you know, when people express their thoughts and you listen to it and you go, oh, man. <laughs> it's like, Lord, have mercy. Help me. Help them. Because that's not how you are. We think he's that way, but he's not. You're just trying to make God like you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and God's trying, wants us to be like he is. And, and when that happens to me, I just go, I just get, oh, man, 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 Sometimes bang my head against the desk. <laughs> that's not going to help it. But that's my frustration. God, when are we going to get it? When are we going to finally just line up with your word? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're disconnected from it. Because if we weren't disconnected from it, that source of life will always be surging, flowing, moving. But we disconnect, we get disconnected from it because we only allow so much in. We go to a certain extent and boom, there we are. We're just back to square one again. Back to the letter A. Start all over again. When we should be going way past Z. Way past a trillion. <laughs> because there's no end to eternal life. It's always. But here's the thing. Uh, I'm saying this because I, I just want to help you a little bit. We, we need to, here's a word that everybody doesn't like to hear. We need to discipline ourselves. Discipline. Amen. Discipline. Amen. Discipline. When it comes to your flesh, you need to discipline your flesh. You need to humble it. Because that's your problem. That's your problem your flesh. It's going to stop you every time. That's the reason why some of you don't have the Holy Ghost. Mm. Ah. Praise God. You got sin out of your life. You're not living in sin. Well, it better not have any sin appear either. Get it all clean. You're doing God's will. You're okay. But obviously sometimes it's just like, uh, I don't know. It's not for me. I don't believe that way. <laughs> but here's the thing. This, this is how Jesus came into this world just like you and I. He was born into this world. He was legitimate. He had a legitimate birth. He had a, he had, here's the thing. He had a, a, a earthly mama and a earthly daddy. So he was legitimate. He was tied into it. He was a human being. That little, I wonder what it was like when Mary 
was holding him, looking at him. And, you know, the Bible says in her mind she thought about all these things. When she was looking down at that little baby there, and she was thinking to herself, I can't believe this is my son, but yet this is the creator of the universe. Ooh. Wow. wow. <laughs> Man. Yeah, he created me. I have this creation, and I'm holding him in my arms, and he's my son. Man, I bet you Mary was just on top of the world. I bet yeah. you she felt, wow. man, how blessed am I yes. to bring the God of the universe into this world. And there she was holding him. I just imagine, wonder what he's looking up at her, those little eyes, and what she was feeling. Man, she was holding eternal life. <laughs> wow. She was holding eternal life bundled up in those little swaddling clothes. <laughs> there he was making those baby sounds, you know. Making those wow. little gestures and little hands. That's you know how amazing. babies are? Yeah. Little hands moving around. There he was. Guess what? He started out just like you and I. Yeah. Into this world. He was born into this world. People say, wow, the only reason why he did everything that he did, you know, he had an edge. He was God in the flesh. Oh, don't use that as an excuse. Yeah. Why you can't do the things that he did. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know he was God, but he came with a purpose. He was born into this world for a purpose so that he could be the firstborn of many brethren. Amen. So, of course, they subjected themselves to the word. They subjected themselves to the law. Uh, go, go with me. I'll take. I'll, side, I'll get a little sidetrack here, but just for your sake, so you can kind of get an idea. Go to Luke chapter uh, two, and uh, you'll see there in Luke chapter two, right on verse number uh, twenty-two. I think it is. Uh, let me check it out here. In verse number twenty-one, and when eight days were accomplished for circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named the, the angel before he was conceived in the womb. In the womb. Before he was conceived, he was named Jesus. Wow. <laughs> and when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So here we see here, he, he, he came into the world. He just, he was, uh, you ever wonder why this? Why the Apostle Paul said this about him in Philippians, that he did not uh, think it was robbery to be equal with God. Yeah. And you ever read that? Yeah. You wonder, why did Paul say that? Well, let me tell you something. He was born into this world. He became a human being. He was subject to everything, his life, his physical life, everything around him. But look Look where he was born into. Look at the home. Look at the parents. Look where he was born into. God obviously selected Joseph and Mary for a reason. Obviously he knew that they were good people. They were good people that, that loved the Lord, that loved his word, that were obedient. Amen? 
they were good people. So that's the reason why he selected them. She was a good selection, amen, to be the mother of Jesus, the mother of God. But obviously, here's the thing about them. They were God-fearing people. God-fearing people. People who love God. So as a result of who they were, guess what they did? They obeyed God's word. They obeyed it. They fulfilled it. So obviously when the time of her purification, after you know she would, after he was born and she fulfilled the days of her purification, the law was take the baby up to the temple, present him to the Lord. Offer a pair of turtle doves and present him to the Lord. Every male that opens up the matrix, that opens up the womb, you are to, amen, bring him to the Lord. And so that's what they did. So guess what they did? They obeyed the word. First thing they did was obey the word. This is what the law says, so we're going to do what the law says. We're going to obey the word of God. So they did it. So in other words, why am I saying this? Amen. They they were bringing or they were, were establishing structure in that little baby's life. Presentation to the Lord. Presentation to the to the to the word of God, obedience to the word of God. So, so there they were. And then you, you go out and you read in verse number, uh, you read in verse number, uh, uh, where is it? 40, 40, verse number 40. Look what it says. <clears throat> this wasn't the only time. So after that, guess what happened? Of course, everybody remembers the story about when they went to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast. And that one, one particular uh, time, uh, Jesus they thought Jesus was, was in, in, in the group of, of, of their people, and all the time he wasn't. He was still hanging around the temple. He was talking to the doctors of the law and speaking about the word of God. And Mary and Joseph found out, hey, he's not, he's not in with any of us. So guess what they did? They went, back to, they went back to Jerusalem, and they searched for him. And guess where they found him? They found him in the temple, talking to all the doctors of the law. Mary, Mary, the Bible says, she thought about these things. And they're asking, why did you do this to us? Here's 12-year-old here's Jesus. Anybody in here 12 years old? How old are you? How old are you? Yeah. Nine. So you have three years to go. 12-year-old Jesus says, I'm paraphrasing, Mom, don't you know I should be about my father's business? <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Little 12-year-old Jesus. Right in the place. Guess what? Because it was the structure that was put in his life. Obviously, looking forward to go to Jerusalem three times out of the year to bring their sacrifices, and there he was. He was... His, his life was being structured. There he was. Why? Because he was a human being. He needed that. Huh? So there he was. There's no excuse for us. Are you listening to me? Amen. Don't say, well, just, it was because he was a son of God. No, no, no. He needed just as much nurturing, and he needed just as much teaching, and he needed just as much structure as any one of us. And so that's what they were doing. Of course, you know the, the, what the law says in, in the book of... Uh, 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 Deuteronomy, 
when it talks about the, the Shema of Israel in Deuteronomy in chapter 6, it talks about teaching them diligently unto thy children. In other words, the law. So obviously this was something that they begin in his life. They begin to instruct him, instruct him in the word. So, so obviously that began to take hold of him. He began to, oh man. So there he was in the temple at 12 years old, inquiring, talking about the law. Man. Man. Asking about it. Man, that'd be something. I know young people can do that. I know young people can do that. Get get interested in the law. Get get, you know, hungry for the law, get for the word of God. So that's what they did. It's structure. So they started structure. Uh, verse number 52 in the same chapter. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. You see that. He increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So he grew. He was growing. Mentally, physically, spiritually growing. He increased in wisdom and stature. Amen. It makes a difference. Studying the word of God makes a difference in your life. That's what God wants us to do. I'm saying this because God wants us to develop in him. Amen. He wants us to grow. We, we know what it's like to grow, don't we? Physically, we went through growing pains. Guess what? We grow spiritually too. God wants us to grow spiritually. And so that's, you know, that's where we're coming to. We're coming to that point where, where everything that he experienced as a human being. Uh, you read that in, uh, go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. I think it is Hebrews chapter 4. And uh, you read that there in that passage of scripture. Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, oh, where is it? Verse number 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Why do you think that the writer of Hebrews said this? He was human, but look what he's saying. We have not a high priest. For we have not a high priest who can't be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That must be on the timer now. Okay. Who cannot be touched with the feelings of he's talking about he's talking about the priesthood, isn't he? talking about the, the priesthood, the ministry of the high priest, a, a, a high priest in the, in the tribe of Levi. Here's one thing. Uh, we cannot really tell what one another is going through. I can't feel, like, for example, I can't feel her burden. I can't feel what her burden is, her heart. I can't feel that. But, but the amazing thing is only through the Holy Ghost I can. But as human beings, we cannot feel I cannot feel what Sister Walker's as a human being. I can't feel that. That's all the priesthood was. They couldn't tell if you came. And you know, you, you ever wonder why the Bible says about uh, when Hannah was in the at the tabernacle and there she was praying and, and Eli saw her and Eli thought she was intoxicated because she was, you know, just her mouth was moving but she wasn't uttering words. Guess what? He couldn't feel her burden. He mistook it for her being intoxicated. So in other words, we can't really feel one another's burdens. We can't really feel that deeply in our innermost being. We can't feel that. 
And that's how the high priests were. They, they were like that. They didn't really understand people. They couldn't relate to you because guess what? They didn't feel your infirmities. They didn't feel your feelings. But here's Jesus. The Bible says that uh, about him that he cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities because he was in all points tempted like as we are. Here's a high priest that went through everything you and I have ever went through. He, he understands what it's like. You know what? It's because he had to experience it for himself. He had to know what living, amen, in the flesh was like. What the human life, what humanity was all about. He had to go through the whole gamut of, amen, burdens and trials and temptations. and Maybe even, you know, being afflicted. He had to experience it all. He had to know what it was all about because he was a human being. Here he was when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. There he was, and he knew that the time was come that he was going to be crucified. And you know what? He, he began to feel it in his flesh like, ah. Oh. Besides knowing that he was going to face his death, there he was carrying the burdens of the whole world, feeling that weight and that responsibility. There he was, and guess what? His prayer was, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Then he comes to his senses and says, nevertheless, not my will, but let your will be done. So he thought what it was like to, to experience the human, the gamut of human emotions and what it was going through, carrying all those burdens, all the trials and all the temptations, everything that we all go through. He experienced it, so he felt it. So he knew what it was like to, to be able to experience that right here in his flesh. Every hurt, every pain, physically, spiritually, emotionally. He understands you. Don't you dare think that God doesn't understand you. I get so frustrated when people say, oh, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, God knows. God can help you. Amen. Your, your problem is not unsolvable. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Sometimes we act like there's nothing can be done. Let me tell you something. With God, all things are possible. That's right. Amen. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. Woo. That's just a crutch for us. That you can lean on so you can go back to your activity in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There he was, tempted in all points like as we are. Yet here's the thing. It's possible human nature can stand up and say no. Because that's what he did. He tasted death for every man. He even died for you and I. What's really amazing is, but this is the thing I like about this great truth, the salvation, that obviously you knew he rejected sin because if he didn't, guess what? When he died, sin would have kept him down there. But sin didn't have power over him because guess what? He said no to sin. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Yeah. 
Sin did not have power over him because he said no to sin. You can say no to sin. Sin won't have power over you. A lot of people don't realize that. So, amen. And then he says, uh, in Hebrews 5, verse number 7 there, it says, uh, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong cryings and tears unto him, that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, though were he a son Yet learned he obedience by things which he suffered. Man, he went through that. And there he was. He, he held on to it, and there he was. He. We go through certain things, and we're all afflicted, aren't we? We're all tried. We're all tempted. We're all experienced. The pressures of life. We all experience tribulations. We all go through adversity every day. But here's the thing. Sometimes we go through certain things and we look at it and go, ah. We're in a little bit of emotional agony and maybe physical agony, spiritual. And, oh, man. But did you realize this? Maybe God's allowing that in your life so that you can learn to obey him. Right. You know, here's the thing. I, I feel pain every now and then in my body. My body's not 100%. I'm not in top physical shape. I know that. I understand that. My body, you know, because of the, the life I lived, you know, when I when I was younger, sure, I, you know, I thought my body was, was uh, invincible. But I found out after some of the things that I experienced and some of my injuries, I found out my body's not invincible. So I'm right now in my, my older years, I'm paying the price. I'm paying the price of that invincibility. And, but here's the thing, uh, and, and I learned that, and I go through certain things, and I suffer certain things in my body, and I go, oh, man, the pain and everything. But here's the thing, it helps me to keep my focus on God. Right. Through suffering, learn the obedience. Right. Lord, the only way I can overcome, you know what God does? Your obedience is pain from you. He'll take it away. Then I feel, I'm, oh, thank you, Lord. He doesn't do it for our demise. He doesn't do it for our destruction. He does it because he wants us to choose him and live come through and so praise the Lord there's no excuse for us when it comes to that because if he if he was able to overcome if he was able to overcome that means one thing if one man did it then other men and other women can do it against all odds against all odds here we are man so you think about that eternal life and here we have we have it eternal life we have, we have the spirit of God living in us little touch of eternal life every time you lean upon that eternal life every time you go to that source of life and you open yourself up to it, your will to it. Guess what? He gives you that strength. He helps you to, to be able to overcome. He helps you to rise above everything. He gives you that strength and that life and that faith. And pretty soon you're just like, whoa, man. Where did that come from? Huh? You start thinking like God. Start walking like God. Huh? Why? Because you got his spirit in you. 
And you're being touched by eternal life. Thank God for eternal life. That's what we feel every now and then. I know some people are going through something. I felt it this morning. I felt it in here. Certain things trying to resist the Spirit of God in this place this morning. You can feel it. Why? You're not holding on to eternal life. You're not seeking eternal You don't want eternal life to touch you. Because if eternal life touches you, you'd you be, uh, what's the word? Quickened. Yes. Quickened. You'd be made alive and you go, ooh. That's right. Yeah. Amen. My mom was feeling it. I was praying for her and us. And, and of course, she can't talk. She can't articulate the words. I said, hey, he's old. Huh? Mom. Huh? I said, I'm going to pray. We're going to pray now. Oh. So I started praying for her. I grabbed her hand. I had my hand on her forehead. I prayed for her in Jesus' name. Man, I felt that virtue touch her. And she felt it. You could feel it. She, and I know she felt it because right away, her, of course, her arms were under her blanket. Right away, she was trying to lift her hands. Worship God. Then I reached down and I grabbed her right hand and I put it in my hand. She grabbed my hand. She tried to squeeze it as hard as she could. She put it onto my hand and started praying. But you can feel the virtue of the Holy Ghost come in that place and you can feel it just made a world of difference. The peace of God just come in there and just woo. No more stress. No more, you know. I, I said, you know what? Death, get out of here. Amen. Thou spirit of affliction, get out of here. Leave my mother alone. Made a big difference in the rest of the day for her. She was at peace and sleeping and relaxing. Song came on. They have a uh, Lexus playing music to her. What's her name? Alexa. Alexa. <laughs> playing music for her, the gospel. And that song in the suite came on, Sweet By and By. Her, her and my dad used to sing that quite a bit. She recognized it. Mm -hmm. Start saying. Eternal life makes a difference. Eternal life makes a difference. The Holy Ghost makes a difference. It will quicken you. It will give you strength. It will give you life. That's the reason why I believe we're here because of that. We feel that. Amen. We're dependent upon it. So thank God. Thank God. Thank you very much this morning for coming. Thank you for lending me your ears. Praise God. Service will be at 2 o'clock. Yeah, well, yeah, 2 30. Prayer at 2 o'clock. Service 2 30. Thank you very much for coming. Greet one another. God bless you. Have a have a good couple hour break here. <laughs>